0: Scaling your law firm doesn't have to be difficult. It's all about mastering a few key strategies, systems, and mindsets. Welcome to the Scalable Law Podcast, where we talk about how you can increase profit in your pocket and time in your calendar. My name is Carolee Fontanelli, and I have successfully scaled my firm so that it doesn't solely rely on me. Now I love teaching other law firm owners how to do the same. Let's transform your business starting now. Welcome to another episode of Scalable Law. I'm your host, Carolee Fontanelli, and it is awesome to have you tuning in today. No matter where you are, I hope that you're having a really great week and I hope that business is going well really well for you as we're heading really quickly to 2024. It is the time to start planning for the next year. It's time right now to get ahead of the um, curve and to start putting your marketing plan together for your law firm for 2024 and to start creating some really serious and amazing goals for 2024. This is exactly what we are going to be doing in the next couple of months in the Scalable Business Lounge. So if you would love to join us and be in there with us, hitting the ground running in 2024 in your law practice, getting all the tools and skills that you need to take your business to the next level, then now is the time to join. You can head over to ScalableLaw.com And find out how you can do that. Jump on a call with me. I welcome you. I love having chats with lawyers from all over the world about their law firms or their pending law firms, their law firms that they're about to start. I love hearing about that as well and working out what we can do together to help you to achieve your goals. So, today, let's get stuck into the podcast. We have a very special guest on the podcast with us today. She is one of our go-getter, absolute go-getter lawyers in the Scalable Business Lounge. She only started her firm a really short time ago, a couple of years ago, but is already doing amazing things, has a thriving team, and is really focused on creating a nationwide law firm, which is so, so amazing, very, very inspirational. I learned so much listening to Melissa talk and uh, yeah, it was a really great conversation. So I am looking forward to bringing you this podcast and without further ado, let's get into the podcast and welcome Melissa Ballas to the podcast. How are you going, Melissa? Really well. Thank you so much for having me on, Carolee. Thank you for coming on. Um, I particularly love your firm and wanted to talk to you because of a few different uh, reasons. One of them is that you have niched your firm down really beautifully um, and you've really targeted that ideal client. So I'd love to talk to you about that. Uh, But before we get started, um, on that topic, I would love for you to tell the audience about yourself, uh, where you were working previously, or what your experience was as solicitor previously, and what brought you to start your own firm, how did it all come about?
1: Really good question. So, um so my name's Melissa Barlas, and yes, the uh, conveyancing law firm that I own is called Conveyed. So it's a um it's a baby business, I like to call it, so it's only about two years old. Uh, um, but with a very big vision um, for the future. So before starting uh, the the law firm Conveyed, I was working in private practice for probably close to 10 years, very much in property law. Um, at some point I did a bit of commercial construction law, but throughout that time it was just working, um, yeah, in, in, in a few different law firms across that time. Um, the last law firm that I was at was a generalist, Law firm in uh, Melbourne CBD, um, and what I found, or what the trend I found was, um, across my time, I just felt felt that I was suffering a lot of burnout um, as a as a lawyer, and as you work with different firms, you really start to notice what not to do. Yes, definitely. <laughs> way, um, what not to do with. Um, you know, running a law practice and, and um, dealing with your team and uh, making sure everyone's happy. And for me, that's, you know, mental health of the workplace through my own experiences is something that I've become really passionate about and something that uh, I, I always strive to ensure um, is, you know, I always trying to ensure that my team is happy. So anyhow, um, I think it was early 2021, I sort of, Um, Had an epiphany. I was like, look, I'm really stressed. I'm burnt out. Not treated the way that I want to be. I know my service really well. And so now I'm going to go out on my own and um, take maybe a couple of months off, use that time to start up my accounts, create my company. And then from mid 2021 onwards, um, the business is born.
0: That's awesome. And, um, so not stopped
1: since.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. So tell me, like, with burnout, because I talk about burnout quite a lot, and I have a webinar uh, around um, law firm owners burning out because that can happen as well. But as an employed solicitor, what did burnout start looking like or feeling like for you? Well, i I
1: started feeling it based on uh, the number of files that I was doing. It wasn't just because of volume, but it was also at times with lack of training on certain things that I wasn't even used to doing. Like I remember a time where in the last firm that I was working at, I was throwing a file that required a, um, a NECO subdivision. Now I hadn't done that before, but I didn't have the right support around me to be able to really do that effectively so that was really um, quite stressful and the feedback that I was getting was you know if I would would communicate that stress and, and let my superiors know hey I'm kind of struggling here it would be like you're not emotionally intelligent enough or you're not resilient enough and so that didn't really help from a mental health standpoint and that was all contributing to that feeling of stress and burnout and so there was that and there was dealing with a lot of um matters without real attention to from um my bosses at the time as to how I was feeling or even working with me to address that so
0: yeah and so was that sort of looking also like long hours was it looking like dreading going to work was it looking like um feeling like you were undervalued or underappreciated all of the above I'd say yeah absolutely you've said that really nice and succinctly
1: so yeah yeah absolutely um you would I felt all of those emotions um where my morale just wasn't wasn't there by the end of it um because yeah I did feel undervalued absolutely yeah, uh, and we have to remember as business owners our team are uh, the bread and butter of our business you have to treat them really well yeah not 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 as a task but because you really want to and um and they are so important to you and your business
0: they are um, and I think and I just as well, feel that my yeah mind. and I think as well where we can do better as employers is to recognize that and I feel like there's a lot in law that that you know we sort of throw away that oh no one can do it as good as i can or you know that sort of stuff and i think as an employer we need to recognize that our team truly like honestly i reckon 95% of the time you employ people who actually want to do really well they want to be successful in every file that they are running and they okay. want to do they want to achieve lawyers are high achievers and they want to achieve in their in their roles so that if they're struggling it's not because they're not wanting to achieve it it could be because you know as you said you were stressed because you were handed files you had no training on for example um and and it became overwhelming absolutely um oh
1: totally agree with with that sentiment completely um Yeah, and you're right. Lawyers do want to want to do well. And I think if, and this is just from my own experience being a business owner, if you trust your employees, if you give them a bit of trust, if you give them a bit of breathing space and just allow them to do what they know how to do, your return on investment will be so much greater. If you're sort of there micromanaging or being on top of them, walking down the hallway, seeing what people are doing, you know, if you're taking that approach because you, you 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 have that struggle of releasing control and and you want to sort of make sure everything is okay, it's probably not going to be the best approach because your team will feel that they'll feel, you watching over them well they
0: feel I think they feel claustrophobic and that yeah that also leads to the burnout right because you've got someone who's right up on your grill all the time yeah um but they're not really assisting and sometimes they're bottlenecking but they're still micromanaging and it can. And just I kind of get up- it
1: because you don't want anything to go wrong especially us lawyers we, we like to be in control we, we're trained to do the work um but you kind of have to tell yourself it's okay and just let them do it and you'll find that they'll actually do a great job for you.
0: <laughs> yes, and with guidance, training and systems right. and processes in place, uh, then you can micromanage without micromanaging. Correct. If you yes. know what I mean. So, yes. and that's kind of what we we teach in the Scalable Business Lounge is, is how to start with setting up those systems. So I'm really interested. Um, I, I always love to to know how you went from being an employee employed solicitor at a senior level on a decent salary working in Melbourne CBD to then going it's okay for me to drop all of that salary and take that big massive risk to go out on your own what did that look like and feel like um and yeah for people out there who are starting to think about going out on their own I've recently been chatting with um different potential law firm owners for the future and that's a real question that they have is how do you make that leap do you take a loan out do you wing it do you like how did that all kind of work for you yeah
1: um good question so uh look it was scary when I went out on my own you're you're delving into the unknown it's a fear of the unknown never done it before you know kind of in a in a way not sure where to start and you're just almost hoping for the best that things are going to turn out and it's all going to be okay. Because you lose that um you lose that stability of income mm-hmm. in comparison to working a private practice and you um, you know you're kind of starting right from the bottom. You've got to build your relationships. You've got to bring in the work. You're wearing all the hats. Yes. For a while. All the hats. Yes. Up. All of operations them. Operations manager, financial controller. you um, cost manager, You know, the, the list Answering goes the on phone. and on. Yeah. And, um, and so you're doing that and hoping that it's all going to sort of work out. Um, at the same time, and I guess... When you are starting on, out on your own, just don't stop learning. If there's any sort of little tip that I can give, don't stop learning. Be an absolute sponge. And, you know, being on your scalable business lounge, for example, is just one example of how I'm becoming a sponge because I'm learning more and more things um, every day being in that program and and whatnot um, in order to scale my business and grow it. So never stop learning when you're out on your own because you're going to build connections with people and you're going to need to lean on them to help. You learn how to grow your business if that's something, if that's one of your goals. Um, but so I've had to do that in order to get my business kind of to where it is today in two years. Um, but um, I could, I can say though that there is that feeling of freedom in a sense where you haven't got. I mean, if you're working, but you're working for yourself, you know you're yes. you're working with the with the end goal of you reaping the rewards of the effort that you're putting in. So there's always that incentive for the you know, the hours that you're putting in. Um, yeah. it does get to a point where you start to put in a lot of hours, and then that's when yeah. things like the scalable business Lounge becomes a really good useful tool to teach you to sort of step out of that and start taking your time back to really work on the other areas that you need to um, in order to grow and scale your business, like marketing, like systemization of your processes, et cetera. So, um, so yeah, it's been a massive learning curve for sure. Um, and as time has gone on and I'm learning more, I'm starting to develop a real sense of freedom. And it's just really comforting having that, I guess, work-life balance. Um, yeah, that's without awesome. And being able to dictate your day. I think yeah, that's that, really the best
0: thing about awesome. it. So you've got um you've got a really great website. So was that one of the first things that you sort of set out to do? Get, you know, get your company structure set up, get your website set up.
1: Yep. Um, website year was one of the first things and it didn't always look like that. I've had my website looking like that probably for the last, I'd say, eight months or something. But um And if you haven't gone on yet, go on convey.com.au. It's a pretty little website.
0: Um, It is. And what you'll see on the website, which I absolutely love, and you're doing so right, is you'll see that there's uh, multiple calls to action at the top of the page, um, that you've got a really great video, which gives people the feeling of no like and trust Mm -hmm. on the front page. And it's definitely looking like, and we'll get to this, that it's niching towards a certain type of person, um, which I absolutely love because I think niching is a is a key to success or I believe niching is a key to success. Niche and differentiate. I've yeah. always had that in my
1: head. Um, and for me, what I've grown to understand over time is people don't connect with companies. People connect with people. Mm -hmm. So, personal branding is such an important aspect, in my view, when you are starting out on your own and really building a reputation and a level of credibility for yourself. If you don't have a personal brand brand. It's like you're unre- in a way, unrecognizable. Yes. Like you get lost amongst the crowd, and yes. And, and and people don't remember you for something. But if you've got a really clear and unfortunately, as as solicit- or solicitors, solicitors, marketing is just not in our blood. That's just yep. not something yeah, yeah, we yeah. know how to do <laughs> at all. Again, we're we're day to day people. We're grinding it. We're we're in the files, and that's what we know how to do. But marketing is very foreign, and I felt that as well when I started out. But you got to do it, and and but but i've learned that personal branding is really something that your customers especially your your target market that you're going for will really connect with and i've found that over time so my personal branding doesn't just extend to myself on my website it's in my socials as well it's keeping consistent with you know linkedin facebook instagram and i'm getting business through that i actually had someone call yesterday um because they saw something on Instagram and he's like, I want to, I want to work with someone that's doing something different.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's great, you that's know? awesome. So, so with the branding, just going back to your point, which is so true, lawyers aren't necessarily really great at their personal branding. And what I find is that a lot of senior associates and, and I know this through having a a large team of senior associates in my own firm, they're not out there doing their own branding, even though they're encouraged to in my firm. It's just not their personal archetype to be doing that. Um, so when you were in the big firm in Melbourne, um, were you working on a personal brand at that stage? Or was that not something that you started to think about until you kind of had launched and you kind of went, oh, I really need to deal with that?
1: Yeah, definitely it wasn't when I was there because I was just so caught up with everything that was being thrown at me at the time. Um, It was really once I sort of went out on my own, I had, I guess when I started thinking about going out on my own through probably the last couple of months of being in private practice, I said to myself, this is how I would approach my business. This, you know, from a marketing point of view, I knew that I needed to be out there promoting myself as the firm's biggest IP asset, let's yes. face it, right? yep. um, to, to really show people who I am, what my skill set is and how I can help them. I knew that that was a, an effective way because I reflect on what I'm like as a consumer when I'm buying into a product or service. I connect more when I see a really great personal brand versus, you know... Um, a company
0: <laughs> yes yeah um, 100% yeah. and and oh. you're but you've set it up so that your <laughs> your the firm is also very personable It feels very personable online um, because you're also not afraid of getting your face out onto your website and things like that. Now, that, of course, doesn't mean, and I think a lot of people have this question or query, but I don't want the firm to be all about me because I want to be able to release myself from the day-to-day grind of the firm, so to speak, or the file work, and I don't want clients to be caught up in wanting or needing to be me serving them. So you've, in two years, you've already started employing a team, which is absolutely amazing and um, congratulations because it, that's the big step is to get in your own firm. The next big step is to take that leap into faith that you can afford to um, back yourself that you're going to have that predictability of fat cash flow to pay for a team. So you've got two team members. So how do you deal at the moment with... Um, Bringing clients in and then ensuring that you're not the one who's doing all the work.
1: Uh, so uh, bringing clients in, we uh, the way we do it is we have calls of action, a calls to action on our website to have people leave an inquiry. Um, At the moment, I'm taking the inquiry calls, but that won't be forever. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, um, But um, for me, I guess at the moment, it's just important that we're, um, yeah, because my conversion rates are kind of sitting around the 60 to 70% mark. So that's kind of helpful to the business while it's still young to bring in more more
0: clients. And I did Um, exactly the same thing. I used to do all the initial, I stopped doing legal work, but I was still doing all the initial appointments, which is legal work because you're giving that initial advice and things like that. Um, But then I would hand the file over um, and then I've slowly worked my way out of doing that. Last year, I did seven initial appointments out of 700. Fantastic. Um, I know, like less than 1%, right? So, um, and, and that's, you know, was always my goal to do that. And so this year I've done zero so far and it's now August, September. So mm-hmm. um it's it's possible you can you can get there. But for now, you your business is still in an infancy stage. So it is important that you're getting as generating as much work as possible and you're the best person to do that. But you're not necessarily the best person to be in the trenches doing the file work. So how are you managing that? Yeah. So I've been well
1: it wasn't always smooth sailing, but I've got now a small, fantastic team of girls. I've got a couple of girls that work um, with me and one of them is in admin, um, does all the admin kind of work. And then the other one does a lot of the day-to-day um, conveyancing work for the firm. And they each love what they're doing. It's the 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 team member, Melita, that has the conveyancing work, she loves conveyancing. She's been doing it for 20 years, and between the three of us, it's 40 years of conveyancing experience. It's almost half a century. Yes. So that's really um, important from a branding perspective because we're all about high quality. But um, certainly but her being in that role, she loves it because that's what she loves to do. And then Susie in um, doing all the admin and, and billing as well within the business. Mm-hmm. She loves doing that as well. That's that's great. So So you've got
0: right people
1: and right the right people in the right positions. Yeah, wasn't always like that. So at the beginning, I started taking the offshore approach because that was cost effective, but it wasn't. um, It wasn't probably the best decision. Uh, for the business at the time because I didn't re- really get any time back. I was spending more time training. Yes. And it was taking more time there. away from doing the work. And I was like, this is just not working. So I actually tried that twice. And, and then so said, Melissa, you
0: know um, with that, like I always say to people, you know, because generally what new law firm owners do when they start building a team is they, they start with hiring juniors or offshoring or whatever it might be. And I always recommend that people don't do that, I recommend that they start with a senior person that can actually relieve them of time and that they hire juniors when they're not the ones that are going to have to train them um, and there's systems and processes in place at that stage to train them. Yep. Um, because I used to fail miserably at hiring juniors, getting very frustrated, I'm not the most patient person in the world and then you spend more time fixing stuff that it just becomes unprofitable really um exactly. and yeah and so you've now basically done that because you've hired as senior conveyancer who's been in the in her role for 20 years you said so that's yep. been working very well for you absolutely and she's amazing at what she does I
1: completely trust um the girls we've got systems in place In terms of how we approach our work. Um, And it's still something that I'm I'm building up on. And what's great is getting that time back. And you're right, getting senior people in is exactly what you should be doing um, uh, at the beginning, Um, obviously, once you've started taking in clients and whatnot. But if you're going to make that first hiring decision, it would be senior, absolutely, because you want to get that time back to then focus on Other things that you need to be doing to grow your business, like really driving the marketing, building your sale funnels, um, uh, you know, uh, systemizing your practice. And that's something that now I've got that time back to do. So I'm focusing on doing heaps more checklists for different tasks that we have as part of the process. And, you know... um, I'm even delegating to the girls as well to start recording videos on things that they're doing, all the tasks that they're doing and creating a little database of uh, or conveyancing manual, if you like, around that. So it's been really
0: good. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. So what do you see your role as in the business right now?
1: Well, in terms of the hats that I'm wearing at the moment, I'm seeing my role as more marketing Um in the business. So, um, there's that, um, yeah. So marketing and really systemization are the two big ones. And
0: I'll you're obviously on. as well a visionary because the, the very beginning of the call, we talked about, uh, you, you said you had a really good, great vision for the the firm, which is awesome because I think that's where, you know, that's another reason for your success, right? Because you've got a vision, so you've got a compass or a true north about, you know, where you're heading in your yep. firm. Um, so how often are you sort of revisiting or thinking about um, what that vision looks like and and are your goals one year or five year or 10 year or how does that sort of look?
1: I'm always thinking about my vision. I sort of, my head can be in the clouds a little bit about that and it's in, in a good way. Um because uh, that's always something that I've got front of mind. So um, we've got a five-year vision around becoming a national um, conveyancing law firm, that's and that's awesome. something that I'm still very much um, working towards. Yeah. Um, awesome. So you know, over the next twelve months, we're wanting to double our turnover um, within the business, and so that's why I'm really driving um, the marketing and the PR stuff that I'm doing at the moment. Um, but not just being a visionary is definitely something that, yes, I'm I'm in that role of of being and making sure that I'm communicating that to my, um, my colleagues as well because I want them to be part of it. I want them to feel like they're part of the journey of yeah. becoming a national practice. Inclusivity is one of the values that we have in the business. So that's really important to me. But also now it's about taking that leadership role Within the business, making sure that my team are really happy um, and making sure that the processes in the business are running really smoothly, uh, and just um, yeah, just uh, trying to inspire my team as much as possible and.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's really, really awesome. Um, you are streets ahead for someone who's only been in business for two years. So it's um, it's really amazing, and I can, I'm um, can completely visualise your vision and you being um, Australia wide with your firm, in terms of marketing. So we talk about marketing a lot in the Scalable Business Lounge because, for me, it's always uh, you know like if you've got clients coming in the door you've got cash flow you've got predictability um the more clients you can get in the more you can grow the more people you can employ and impact um so in terms of marketing what sort of funnels or marketing activities are you doing
1: yeah so um it's a combination of a few things so I think probably the three big ones are definitely um Connecting with my referral partners and making sure that they're all happy and um and you know meeting up with them, um, finding more referral partners for the business um that we want to work with, uh, whether it's you know real estate agents or mortgage brokers or buyers' advocates etc. Um, the other one is just being quite active on social media as well, because you kind of have to be in, in people's faces to, to make sure that, the, yes. that you still stay relevant. Yeah. Uh, I think it's relevancy is the big one there. Um, and just giving people lots of education. Um, now I'm actually planning some posts around really driving pain points. It's something that I'm learning from you, Carolini. It's yes. <laughs> you're just speaking to people's pain points a bit more, which um, I've, I've, I've written a whole bunch of stuff down about that. And now um, the other one would be, Um, uh, PR so media and PR so another tip like if you are a small business owner one great free way of putting yourself out there that can actually yield some really good results um, and and get customers in your door is um, speaking to journalists going on podcasts you know just sharing as much about you and your business and and um educating people about what you do and helping them as much as possible through um yeah through others is really good um i remember yesterday um, i did a recording with news.com.au on a property segment
0: um, That's awesome so you know and, and that's with you right. reaching out right and yeah. creating those opportunities so i think what people get mistaken about um is that it, it and law firm owners, we make this mistake where we look at your success or my success or someone else and we're thinking, oh, they always get all these opportunities or, you know, oh, they always get to appear on someone's podcast or they always, and the truth of the matter is, is that most of those opportunities or your organic marketing and social media, all of those opportunities don't happen because people reach out to you. That's not how it happens, right? And like, it happens because. Um, you are taking opportunities. You are reaching out to them. You're pushing those boundaries and putting your hand up as a key person of influence in your niche and um, making sure that you you make those opportunities happen. Exactly.
1: Um, yeah, so i've I've reached out to a few um, different um, journalists and Associations also apply for awards. I find that that's really helpful. And I can see right now.
0: I can see right now on your website that you have um you've been nominated or you've been the next stage through for the Lawyers Weekly Australian um, Law Awards for Sole Practitioner of the Year. Yeah, so we won that this year.
1: We're really Oh you won that this year. That's awesome. We're really, really proud of it. Um, yeah, it was a a really good moment when when they uh, uh. called out the business and I was like, wow. So um, that was this year and we've now been um, fortunate as of literally two days ago, we've been um, uh, selected as finalists for the Women in Law Awards 2023 as well. Oh, so awesome.
0: That's cool. really cool. But again, you know, that doesn't happen by itself, right? Like no, you absolutely need, not. You need to, you know, fill in the application forms, do all the work that's required for all of that, which is, you know, it's not a two-minute job. Um, but it's worth it because because it puts you out there and the forefront and the for you know and in front of people as that expert.
1: Yeah, it, it's you know it all comes back around like if you put yourself out there and and connect with your community, educate your community about what you're doing about your industry, whatever it is. That stuff is gold when it comes to um, applying for awards. Yes. You've got substance, you've got something that whoever's looking at that application will go, this person deserves an award. And so that's why all the personal branding um, and all the time and effort you put into your marketing is so important. Um, Yeah, so uh yeah definitely applying um for awards and you know when if you're approaching journalists for example write a story go say hey I think this is really relevant today in my industry here's a story what do you think would you be willing to run that you'd be surprised
0: yeah yeah and the thing I think that we forget is that journalists they're looking for articles and they're looking for articles that they don't have to put a lot of work into so if it, if you've done the hard yards and done the work and essentially that's what a PR agency does for you right they write the articles submit to them to um to journalists so that you know, and that's how a lot of articles that we read come about. So, um, yeah, I I think that what you're doing is amazing, and how you're putting yourself out there is incredible. In terms of getting started with that, um, how did you go with like the confidence piece? Because I talk to a lot of lawyers, and they just don't know where to start, and they they have that whole imposter syndrome, and and I, you know, it can be hard to get started um, and build that confidence.
1: Yeah, um, as lawyers, we are overthinkers, we're over-analyzers. It's really good for your day-to-day work, but it's really bad for marketing because yes. <laughs> um, you sit in the same spot and you're like, nothing's happening. Yes. Um, so you've got to get out of that headspace and, yeah, you've got to get out of that headspace. I had, you know, an epiphany months ago and I was like, what's going on. And you know what I did? I watched, I watched, um, Maverick, you know, the the yeah. second of top gun. I was watching that. And there was the thing that he says, he goes, don't think just do. And it, I was like, I need to start doing that for myself, you know, for my business. So, You literally just have to do it. Don't sit there thinking, oh, you know, is this person going to like what I'm going to put out or I'm not going to be any good compared to this person, this competitor, that competitor. Just stay in your your lane. Yes. If you've got a message for people, if you understand your client's pain points and you're there to solve them and you genuinely want to help people, put yourself out there. Yeah. You're doing a disservice to yourself and to them by doing nothing. 100 so do everyone out there a service and just put yourself out there and keep consistent be persistent and consistent um with it um you kind of have to do that um if you're going to be you know being on the socials and and things like that um and yeah and you'll be certain to get customers
0: yeah. on the way that's yeah. awesome Well, it's been really great chatting with you and I'm sure that everyone listening um, will agree that they've learned so much from you today and and are just inspired. You're really inspiring the way that you've just, you know, run with your firm and put yourself out there and you're creating, you know, so much success for yourself and you have this amazing vision. Um, And so, yeah, thanks for sharing your story and coming on the podcast. So how can people find you if they want to to look at your website, find you on you know connect with you on um socials things like that.
1: Yeah, so on the socials, it's just conveyed au for the business and for myself, it's just um, Melissa Barless. I think on Facebook, it's Melissa Barless Lawyer, uh, but on Instagram, it should just be Melissa So just have a look at that. Um, LinkedIn again, it's conveyed au, um, and you can just look up Melissa Barless, and that should pop up. And you're welcome to follow me on those socials. Um, and uh yeah website www.conveyed.com.au. um yeah you can leave an inquiry there um happy to have a chat to anyone that's you know wanting to connect and um, yeah, yeah so I can share my experience and that can help Anyone else in any way, I'd be more than happy to have a
0: chat. That's awesome. Well, we'll also put all of those links on our show notes as well. So if you go over to scalablelaw.com, you'll see um, Melissa's um, links and everything over there as well. So thank you so much for coming on board to the podcast. And I would love to catch up with you in a year or so to see where you are up to, because I'm sure that it's going to be um, a completely different story from where it is right now. Thank you, Carolee. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Scalable Law Podcast, brought to you by the Scalable Business Lounge. If you would love to know how you can get more clients without relying on referrals, head over to scalablelaw.com to watch my free masterclass. Until next time, you have got this.